0: I saw him today at the reception With a glass of wine in his hand I I knew knew he was gonna need his connection Cause at his feet was a Footloose man, get ready for it Jesse, you can't always, always get what you want, cause Jesse wants to have sex with animals and it's illegal, so Jesse will never be able to have what he wants.
1: Well, why would you say that?
0: I don't know, just no, to no, just stir no, up controversy. So you get your name in the, in the press dude, cause then tomorrow the headlines are like, Jesse Rivers a bagged and boarded fame wants to fuck a squirrel and, and he's...
1: Upset, because man's law will prevent him from doing that. I I, I don't like this conversation. Can we get into the intro? Oh, This is the intro, So Okay, this is episode three
0: of Bagged and Bored. Entitled, Jesse Wants (laughs) to Fuck a Squirrel. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Jesse Rivers. And uh, do you really want to fuck a squirrel? No. They're too small for you? A little more meat on the bones? Why are you so offended by the... With all the other shit we've spoken about in the past, why is fucking a squirrel tormenting you so much? (laughs) Let me
1: explain I, I will admit that I have seen a bestiality porno. A. a I've only seen one, yeah. Really? Because I do not want to see another one. Dude, that, there's,
0: okay, there's nothing sexual in bestiality. Like, I, I ain't going to jerk off to a chick fucking horse, but I will watch it and just be amazed. It's like watching the Olympics. No, it's, it's
1: horrible. It's like I the spectacle I, I and the magic one. of it all. Never what animal did you see? It was a horse, a dog, a fucking pig. Sir, I've they, seen a sneak. How yeah,
0: work? exactly. Was it in India? No, no. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, you're starting off a new fucking trend on this one. No, she inserted a snake in her vagina. I think it was in, like,
1: the valley, probably. Wait, did you hear the news about, uh... That there was a woman taking a bath. I don't know where this was. There was a woman taking a bath. Uh, she says that her boyfriend walked in on her screaming and that there was a snake coming out of the faucet. Yeah, in the bathtub. Oh, dude, you've never heard those. Dude, when I was a kid, I was
0: fucking petrified of like a rat popping out of. The that's impossible though. It's snake. closed
1: on both ends. The 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 tubes. The what? Fucking... What if the snake?
0: Uh, all right, excuse me for the chair move. What if the snake got into the house years ago? This is a hypothetical. Uh, went down the drain as it was flushing so it didn't drown, right? Followed the current down. This is real hypothetical. Yes. <laughs> lived in a septic tank off of, off of feces because there's probably nutrients in shit. I know shit is like, it would, removes be, all nutrients. It's just yeah, waste. You don't was think huge. snakes
1: can live off shit? I don't think so, no.
0: So you don't think a snake could have gotten in there years ago, lived there, like plotted its grand revenge and was like, this is the fucking night and popped up through the bathtub while she was bathing?
1: No. So, how could a snake have gotten in there if it's closed? Well, see, that's the thing. Experts are saying that it would be impossible for a snake to come through there out of the faucet. So, they're thinking. You know what this proves? You know what, you, know what think, you know
0: what they're thinking, sir? Is that that this, pro- this proves creationism. Fuck Darwin. <laughs> God made that snake in that septic tank, sir. No, And he no... made diamonds and rubies and Belgium and uh, that, cheese sandwiches. That's not what I'm trying God to get across God is all encompassing. What are you trying to get across to me?
1: They're saying they're saying that's not possible for the snake to come. There's to no her. way a snake. So can they're conquer. saying that she was sexually playing with the snake. I told like, you dude. with herself. Well, you know
0: that uh, was that famous. Is it Led Zeppelin? That famous book where they fuck a chick with a trout. I believe Wait, it's a what? trout. It's some kind of fish. It's like a large. Uh, never I never th- read that book. I think it's Zeppelin or Skinner. One of those like crazy. Oh, in CD book. No, no, no. It's it, uh, like an, uh, a biography of the band. These interviews, it's become a famous, like... Or like a, a groupie did it or something. They fucked a groupie with a fish.
1: <laughs> Man, And Matt,
0: uh, Matt. they fucked a groupie with a fish. And that's the noise that happens every time a, fu- every time a groupie gets fucked with a fish, a cell phone gets its wings <laughs> and goes off. Remember the whole doctor thing, dude?
1: Yes, I did. I'm going to turn
0: it on silent, and it's a that's good thing a I did because I just got a text. My heart fell out of my chest. What do I do? You pick it up. Dude, leave it to the doctor. Hold on. <laughs> type, 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 type. I told him to, to uh, put it on ice and get to the nearest hospital because I'm busy recording a podcast, sir.
1: That, that's great that you've got your priorities. And there's no order. more interruptions. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that guy with that heart missing. Well, dude, no. Take, take, take your
1: call. And since, since last week, I'm afraid that I've, uh, I've started giving a fuck. I wish so. you told me this a minute ago when a, gen- <laughs> a gentleman near
0: death wanted my advice because I think I just sent him to his impending doom. But but go ahead. Well, yeah. I would
1: like to make some apologies for some offbeat remarks we made about a few. We, dude, I was members. in the green room for like forty
0: well, percent of that show with uh, with Dracula, and we're not going to talk about that. He he, MySpace me. Well, when me. I say
1: we, I mean the podcast. We Dracula like, my yeah.
0: Dracula MySpace friended me this weekend. Really? Uh, don't want to go into it. There was some compromising photos sent and um. The uh, cyber police have been alerted, you know, like, uh, that, that org, what is it, watchmen.org, you know what I'm talking about? No. There is is a... Uh, I don't a... know
1: anything, I was listening to last week's podcast, I don't know shit. You're I... from Alabama, man, <laughs> it's understandable. No, uh,
0: no, there's a group, there's a group online um, of people, like, me or you could do it, you sign up, to, it's for people who w- want to fight against cyber predators, so you, you would oh, pose, yes, 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 yes. and Shaq does it, yes. you know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know how we got into that, but that exists. Okay. That's a thing. <laughs> well, I would
1: like to apologize. Oh, no, Dracula. To, to Dracula,
0: because I'm technically a child at heart, Dracula is now on the, the watch list. That's what That was the point of that conversation, the
1: little tangent we took. That you're considered a child? In, and Dracula's considered a child pedophile. Well, he's pretty old. I mean, technically... He's ageless, sir. But, but, I mean, he's up there.
0: Yeah, I guess you would be right. But over 17, it wouldn't make a difference. I mean, like... As long as you're 17, you can fuck a 5,000-year-old dude, I guess. Yeah. See it on Jerry Springer. You saw Dracula on Jerry Springer? No. When did this I... show turn into total fucking madcap comedy? Like, we're not even... That's not... That never happened. You never saw someone fuck a 5,000-year-old man on Jerry Springer? No, I said it would happen oh you're
1: being topical excuse me I'm trying I get the two confused (laughs) Jesse apologize motherfucker I would like to apologize to Matt's family my family Michael Jackson the Jonas Brothers the Constellation Orion all the girls Matt has used unfunny lines on anyone over the age of 73 all victims of erectile dysfunction Walt Disney Ariel school bus riders camp counselor She-Hulk Sir Charles Barkley Bjork Magic Johnson Dr. Julius Irving Martin Landau Gary Oldman Candlestick Waxmakers Christine the Dragon Grant Morris and comic book store proprietors Chris Claremont Dracula Jimmy and Alan Moore after that whole little rant you just uh, made
0: there's only one thing that sticks out of my mind what's that to all the girls match love <laughs> before <laughs> all three of you or four
1: so uh Ask your question. Go for it. Are you as amazed as I am that we've actually been able to make it to episode three without being canceled? Or I'm kind of shocked. You know? What I'm no,
0: what I'm shocked is that people seem to genuinely like it. <laughs> like every the night before the episodes go out, I'm like, here it comes, like fucking shitstorm 2008. <laughs> and they're like, awesome podcast, not racist at
1: all. Like, uh, so you really care what people think. I mean, I mean, we're kind of just bullshitting with each other, but I do. But
0: it, it, it uh. For all those listeners out there, uh, it, it is it is kind of nice to, to read comments to, and positive feedback on it. It give you know, is. even though I enjoy just recording, I would record the show with you and put it up on fucking no one's ever gonna come here dot blogspot dot com. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's nice to know that like, uh, wow, I like the wax kind of <laughs> wax kind of philosophical, cool. philosophical,
1: philosophical. Yeah, ooh, no, see, too.
0: they do teach stuff in Alabama. Uh... Stop it. <laughs> and there's a Stephen King book called On Writing where he describes mm-hmm. it's uh, the process of writing. Have you read it? hmm There's a section in there where he talks about, uh, his writing is almost like a time capsule or a means of time travel. It's between him and this subjective audience that's gonna hear it who knows when. Right. So it's like he's having a two-way conversation with one party that's not involved yet. And knowing that people listen, it kind of gives me that feeling too recording the podcast. Like, yes, we're... It's almost life-affirming. Uh... Ooh, that's a very good segue we're going to say for like 20 seconds. Uh, It almost, you know, we're here in our podcast bunker by ourselves with our, you know, many butlers and servants and and dancing girls, but like, just knowing that people are actually listening to what I'm saying right now
1: makes it seem a little less ridiculous, you know what I mean? Well, you won't be saying it right then when they're listening to it. That's why it's like time travel.
0: Think Think of this as a time capsule from right now at, uh, should we give away when we're recording it? Uh, it, it might make more sense. It's Monday, uh... The 22nd? The tw- is it the 22nd of September? We record this show a week staggered, folks. <laughs> so, uh, we, if I ever make outrageous claims other than the normal outrageous claims I make that are time sensitive, uh, maybe because of that. We'll try to keep it to a minimum, though. So, due,
1: due to recording it a week early, could you explain to these people what we just found out about yesterday? The Green Hornet? Steven Chow is... Oh, that was more than yesterday. See, you're I fucking just, with the
0: whole time stream I ran it yesterday. Uh, yeah. No, the day before. Steven Chow of uh, Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer and CJ7 fame is uh, set to direct and co-star in The Green Hornet, written by Seth Rogen and his writing partner Evan Goldberg. and uh, Which I, I just, find pretty brave. I just had an orgasm in my mouth because that <laughs> is the greatest fucking... Brave? It's
1: brave. It's for the studio.
0: Well, here, here's why I think it's cool in two levels. A, you know about the whole Bruce Lee connection where uh, Green Hornet was the show that introduced Bruce Lee to oh, a yeah, Western yeah, yeah. audience. Yeah. Well, this will be the movie that introduces Stephen Chow to, for a large part to Western it's audience. It's sort of
1: history repeating itself. It is,
0: and uh, it's risky in the fact that he's untested, but can you think of another Chinese filmmaker who gets movies in theaters here? Like, I saw Kung Fu Hustle in theaters. And CJ7. Well, so he's kind of crossover as far as far as people who've stayed in their own nation of origin. Like Stephen Shao is, is semi famous here,
1: sort of. Well, to film bus. uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, not many people have seen Chow. My Sakura. mom
0: and grandma saw Kung Fu Hustle in the theaters and they loved it. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. People, love, I love Kung Fu Hustle. Man, Stephen Chow is one of my favorite filmmakers in the, in the world.
1: I need to go to New York one day. Why? Meet meet these average moviegoers who choose to go see Kung Fu Hustle. My parents, you mean? Are they not average? They're weird.
0: They'll be here in like a week if you want to come hang out. I told you already, actually. My parents are coming to visit for the first time to our uh, bunker in L.A. from New York. Should so be a guest on? We're originally from? No. Fuck. <laughs> no. Believe me, my if you think I'm annoying, wait till you hear my dad on one of these things. He's a carbon copy, yet upped a little bit in octave. So, uh, that's, that's almost impossible. We'll, you will meet Erwin, sir, and... Uh, you will find out anything is possible in the realm of Coendum. Uh yeah, dude, so Stephen Chow is casting Green Hornet. Um Green Hornet goes a ways back as far as like Kevin Smith uh writing a script for it and oh, trying to get wise, it done. I mean, yeah, movie yeah. wise. So I mean the fact that this project is finally sorting uh seeming to pick up some steam is pretty badass. Like we might actually see a Green Hornet flick. Admission,
1: I've never seen a fucking episode of Green Hornet, have you? I have. A, a, a long time ago I don't even
0: I, I know I know it's a uh I don't
1: know what channel it was on but it used to come on after the uh the old Batman show Look at the dynamic switch dude you know something I don't It's like uh,
0: I'm from Alabama M Bizarro uh, <laughs> M hate Superman no uh so as far as I know Green Hornet was like a dude who kind of looks like the spirit right
1: Well uh, he's got that mask and Kato like is
0: like his uh Asian man servant Yeah it's slash like a butler partner right. He's a butler
1: but he kicks ass Right yeah is he a better fighter than the Green Hornet? I, in the show, yes, Green Hornet was kind of like the brains behind the operation. So it was kind of like a backwards Batman and Robin See, type. You know, I,
0: I listen to a, I listened to yeah. the Howard Stern show every day on Sirius. I'm a big Stern fan. And Seth Rogen was on a few weeks back. And he was discussing what he wanted to do with the Green Hornet. And what he said was cool was... Uh, what he always enjoyed about the show is that Kato was like his butler and like... Cook the food and like clean the house, and at the same time, like kick tremendous amounts of ass. Right, right,
1: right.
0: And Gre- so, I think in this version, Cato is going to be the capable one and the competent one, and Green Hornet's kind of going to be bumbling. And you know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, Seth Rogen is playing Green Hornet, right? Yeah. So it it kind of doesn't fit. What? But Green not Hornet that has
0: Stephen been. Chow is the most physically. No, see, not at all. Isn't that weird though? Because he does—he has been involved in martial arts. I mean, Kung Fu Hustle is pretty much a martial arts film, and he does great choreographed fight scenes in there. But it's always that kind of cartoony, ethereal Stephen Chow fighting. You never really feel like he could... I'm sure he's trained in everything.
1: Well, I mean, uh, looking at the old show, like the TV show, the radio show, whatever, I, I think they're going to drastically change what the Green Hornet was. Because, I mean, like you were saying, with Stephen Chow being Kato, uh, I mean, you would think it would be more of a, a Tony Job type. Nah,
0: but not with Rogan involved, because you know it's what I'm going saying. to be a comedy?
1: Chow is fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> right, The Green Hornet was not a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. think Rogan's it. not
0: going to make it. It's going to be like, he, he, I think he loves the pineapple formula of uh, mixing comedy with action. Right, right. I think right. that's their new thing, you know? So I think it's going to be a, a lot of the same, you know? Which
1: Stephen Chow is pretty good at.
0: Yeah, Stephen Chow is better at it than uh, the folks who make Pineapple yes, Express, sir. in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited for that, dude. That should be badass. Should be. Uh Hope so. we both saw a film over the past week that uh I wouldn't go as far as to say changed our lives, <laughs> but it was pretty fucking incredible. Uh why don't you speak on that for a mo, Jess?
1: Alright, we watched uh Young Not at- together.
0: I watched it first and then told you to watch it. Yes, it, w- okay.
1: it was recommended to me by Mr. Cohen to uh view Young at Heart, which on first viewing I mean I've only watched it once, so I've only had a first. I, saw it.
0: I watched it twice. And I, the thing is I've had the soundtrack for like five months before I even saw so it. So you had song. heard the music before you All saw the, music. the movie. So I was even putting voices together with
1: faces. It was great, you know what I mean? Well it it I, I like it. I love it. It's it's really I mean it's sad, but it's uplifting. Well let's tell people time. what
0: it is. Young at Heart was a uh, a chorus group. Um, started in 1982 in Northampton, Mass., comprised of uh, elderly folks, so people at least 70 years of age and
1: over. Yeah, I think the youngest one was 73. No, you got to be 70 to be young yeah. at heart. So it's
0: basically a, a chorus of <laughs> octogenarians, I guess they say. Uh, you know, anywhere from, from 70 to up, upwards of the 90s, um, age-wise. And what they did, somewhere in the mid-80s, they had a breakthrough that uh, instead of singing, you know, traditional songs that old people you'd expect them to sing... They started doing covers of like rock songs and, and pop and punk, you know what I mean? And they kind of got this this real uh, following almost. You know, they tour in Europe and stuff. And this was a doc about the group's latest, uh, getting ready for their latest tour. And I believe it was shot in 2004.
1: It was shot in 2006. I Six? Believe, I believe.
0: Well, I know it was shown, I mean, a condensed version of it was actually shown on BBC first. And that's that why it's of out of Oscar contention, I think.
1: Well, see, that's kind of what I want to mention about it. Uh, it felt like a TV doc a little yes, bit. Yes. It, it, it's not a great movie by any means. No. I think it's a great story. The stories in it is incredible. Yes. yes,
0: The actual filmmaker, who uh, I believe the gentleman's name was Stephen Walker, did, did a fine job,
1: I think. Eh, Fair.
0: There's not really much you can do with that. Well, see, you don't that's have that's to cuz most documentaries you have to build the interesting stories out of editing. In this, right, right. I mean, the people were just so fucking fascinating enough.
1: Exa- that's what I'm saying. It's it, it's a put great a camera story. there and you get and exactly. you got it, you know? It, it wasn't it wasn't constructed very well, but just the the power of the story itself oh, I mean, is enough to carry. Dude, I cried.
0: I can't remember the last time I uh oh, Pan's Labyrinth. So it had been like oh, Pan's prob- Labyrinth. At the end, dude? Yeah. yeah I don't want to give away the ending, but why not? Anyone who hasn't seen it is an asshole. No,
1: uh we don't have to give away the ending, but I I I weep, dude. I, I see, I th- I think I'm a little different. I love Panzlammer. Like though. I I don't cry at the, the sad things necessarily. But when when like when there's a movie that's like Rudy, I fucking bawled my you're eyes a out on it. Fucking faggot.
0: <laughs> I cry at movies you're supposed to cry, at, not sports movies.
1: I man, the rookie?
0: You cry, cry on all the dude, see you're like you're like Alabama man. You're like <laughs> no, all American. We, all right,
1: because all because American I'm sports, trying, dude. Because I'm trying to do something with my life. If I see a movie, yeah, but you're not trying to play
0: football for Notre Dame. You're trying to write a fucking screenplay. But I hope I can give it away. No,
1: I don't care. Uh, I'm not <laughs> trying to write a screenplay. I am writing a screenplay. I'm trying to sell it. But it's when when somebody has a dream to do something, and it takes them years and years and years, and they work all their life. That's all they fucking dream about, and then they finally accomplish it. It's, it's like tears of joy. Yeah, see,
0: I don't care because life sucks, but what I cry
1: about in movies <laughs> is death,
0: exclusively almost. But it's, it's real. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm petrified of death, not in the way of, like, I'm scared to die, I just don't like, I haven't wrapped my head around the concept yet.
1: Like uh, what happens afterwards?
0: No, I don't, nothing, in my opinion. Like, I know nothing happens. It's just the, uh, just the notion of, of that people I know will die, and everyone will die, and I'll die one day. Like it, it's gotten fucked up, dude. Where I need to exercise this creatively or something in the screenplay. Like I'll watch commercials, like commercial for a lady doing like a, like a household detergent. I'll be like, she'll be dead and <laughs> she'll be dead one day. I swear, Jesse, I shit you not. I watch people on commercials. I'm like that random nameless commercial actor will be dead one day, just but, randomly. But you can like I know, and that's why I need to find a way to defeat this shit. But that's what makes me cry in movies, and, and it's weird because um. I mean, both my grandfathers have passed away, but other and I was, uh, like, maybe 13 and 20 staggered when they died. But other than that, I had no one die in my life. So it's not like I've had any traumatic early experiences with death.
1: See, I've had a lot. I had a, I had a big family. My, uh, my grandmother on my, my dad's side had, like, 11 children. Oh, damn. Uh, and, ha- I mean, almost half my of them gra- my,
0: my dad's mom had four kids, and we think that's, like, the fucking world record.
1: <laughs> For real. So, yes, I have a lot of cousins. Oh, right on. But, yeah, I mean, it like, in in my town, in Alabama, there's a lot of, of I don't want to say incompetent, but very irresponsible teenagers. So a lot of my friends have died in drunk driving accidents. I actually but, knew
0: a kid who died. I, knew, I actually probably know three kids who died in overdoses, but you don't even... You know, what was the first movie you ever cried in? Do you remember? Oh, wow. E.T., I
1: think. Casper. Wait, the, wait, Christina Ricci? Yeah. Casper?
0: Yeah, do you remember it?
1: Uh, uh, just a tad.
0: At the end, Bill uh, Pullman meets his dead wife for like a good 30 seconds and then like say goodbye forever and that was that tore me up as a fucking kid man I, I you know what I'm talking about at I the don't end, remember that but... he moved with Christina Ricci into town his wife had died like the year earlier
1: right and they move into the, the Casper house, house. Yeah.
0: but at the end of the movie when Casper becomes a real boy again the mo- uh, Christina Ricci's mom and uh, Paxton Pullman's wife, Paxton Pullman, who fucking cares? That close enough. Same person. Uh, <laughs> Pullman's wife pops up for for like a good thirty seconds and is like, "It's okay, honey, I love you. Like I'm watching you." And uh, that shit tore me up. So. <laughs> I was like, I don't want Casper's mom. That wasn't even Casper's mom. It
1: was Christina Ricci's mom. But you but you know that that was the first one you cried at. Yeah, I remember vividly. Yeah, I, I remember mine. We, in uh, theaters, I remember, yeah. We, we watched E.T., <coughs> and I, I think I went and cried to my mom. He doesn't even die. No, but I, I was like, why can't he stay? I want him to stay with Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. He
0: shouldn't have stayed, dude. He was like a foreign pet. That's like kids getting alligators at their houses, and they, dump them. they would have dumped E.T. down the toilet in a few years.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we don't know I, how
0: that race ages. They could have gotten like <laughs> scary with fangs and shit. But little five year old c- Drew
1: Barrymore, cute little
0: finger trick could have turned into like fucking a flame shooter. He would have terrorized. Uh, no, Earth.
1: It's nature versus nurture, my man. Nature it's... versus nurture. <laughs> they they would have raised ET to be a caring. Did and you ever read the books
0: when you were a kid? What books? They did sequels to ET. I never knew like, that. Like ET and no. the Green Planet, I think was the name. I read of them.
1: Goosebumps as a kid. So did I. Man. Do you remember <laughs> any of those? I remember The Mask. The, the, the girl with the mask. Let's stay on Goosebumps for a minute. I just call it Ghostbumps. You did, but it's Goosebumps. Whatever R. it's R. Stein. They're, uh, they're turning those into movies now. I know. Years after... Which, but,
0: here's what, but are they turning each book into a movie? That's or, or are they doing I, it like an anthology?
1: Oh, maybe it's an anthology. Like a Twilight Zone kind of movie.
0: I'm not sure. Or it's three separate stories, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, nah, dude. I mean... Goosebumps was, like, my shit as a kid. I'd read every fucking... One, I'd read every one up to, like, 40, I believe.
1: There were that many? I don't even remember there being that many. Yeah, there were tons. There were a shitload. I mean,
0: I mean, that thing went on for, like, eight years or something. Yeah, dude, from, like, the age of, uh... Maybe eight to, like, the age of, like, 14. I'd, there was a new one every month, I think. Wasn't there? There's
1: no way he wrote that prolifically. Fuck thing.
0: yes. R.L. Stine is probably one of the most prolific writers of the 90s. He wrote...
1: If he wrote five books a year, he he'd be the most prolific writer of all time. They were like eighty-page books. I, I understand. That. I
0: shit you not. I think there was a new ghost. Wasn't there a new book every month? I thought that was the whole thing.
1: Maybe they brought a new book to school every month.
0: No, something. no, no, no. I I bought them in. I was on the Goosebumps mailing list where I got a book in the mail every then month. Maybe
1: you got it every month. But here's what mean. I here's
0: what I genuinely think they did, which they never told the fans, and no one's ever thought of. I think R.L. Stein was, like, giving out work to ghostwriters, probably. I think there was probably, like, ten writers writing the Goosebumps series, and then Stein was just taking the credit for each one to keep it rolling that fast.
1: But you don't don't think that somebody would have said something or that you could see that the writing was a bit different? We were, like,
0: nine. We weren't going to fucking... I mean, older people
1: had to have read
0: it. 62 books were published under the Goosebumps banner, sir, from 1992 to 1997. I told you. That's every month. I every month, man. That's every month, I shit you not every month because I remember you used to get the little Scholastic thing in school. Yeah, the handout. Yeah, that you could order your new. all yeah. the, I never did that because I was a, I was a, I was a reader, so I was always like fuck you guys. I got that shit already.
1: Holy shit! I was at the
0: bookstore every week. Yeah, dude, there were that many books. I think I'd stuck through to like forty something.
1: I, I never... I just... I got whatever was in the school library. I read The Haunted well, see, Mask, I, at one The point, Living Dummy.
0: I remember being, like, 13 years old. Dude, my bookshelf, it was, like, two rows of every Goosebumps in in number order. Like, I had every... You just named it... Uh, Say Cheese and Die. Do you remember that? Yes. The camera, the camera. that turned that killed people.
1: There's one with a rat in the screen. Night of the Living Dummy. That's it. Night of the Living Dummy.
0: Uh, fuck, I can't remember a lot of the titles, but they were fucking fantastic. <laughs>
1: You know, I was a fan of those uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books.
0: See, I, I wasn't because I cheated. <laughs> I never played one of those straight. I would always go to the page and see both options and go, that's ah, much better than that one. I'm going to page 30.
1: Well, no, I always thought they were kind of, I mean, they were kind of brave to be kids' stories because a lot of the times you would choose your adventure and you would die.
0: You know what I did used to read a lot of, though? And, and to this point, I give my parents a lot of credit like a tremendous amount of credit that I've thought of in recent years. Like, they did everything right education wise when I was really little, as far as like uh, stimulating things. And, like, I used to, my favorite books to, when I was a kid would use them. They were called they were like logic puzzle books, they were puzzle, they were like brain twisters on every page. It would be a story, but to get to the next page, you'd have to figure out either a map or like there would be a cryptogram, and you'd have to figure out a clue, you know what I mean?
1: So, they would tell you what page to go to or something? No, it would
0: be the next page. You couldn't progress a page until you figured out the the puzzle on the one before. Why wouldn't you just turn the fucking page? Because I wanted to figure out the puzzle Oh, I was a nerd. <laughs> like that, yeah, dude. I was obsessed with that shit. And like, for for someone who wound up a, a college dropout uh, who, who enjoys the bong, like I used to do like archaeology kits and shit. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I was all, in, I still, I still consider myself a uh, a lifelong learner and student, but just not in a traditional school sense. You know what I mean? Well,
1: technically, everybody's a lifelong learner. I mean, when are you going to stop learning shit?
0: I, I actively seek shit to learn, I feel like, which I, I don't know. The, I, think, I feel like a lot of people get to a certain point, and they're like, all right, let's go through the motions of life. I got a job, I got a yeah. wife, I got kids. I'm like, I want to learn about sarcophagi.
1: Is that why you're trying to learn French?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I am, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to teach myself French just out of, out of boredom, and like, why the fuck not? When I'm... When I'm 90 years old and I look back, like, what have I done with my life? I want to do as much
1: random shit as possible. Well, anything, I mean. You and can, know about as much random shit as possible. You can possible. talk in French anytime you want because everything sounds good in French. Ça va
0: très bien, merci à toi?
1: Ah, ça ne va pas. Ça ne va pas, Jesse. You're, you're losing me. Ça ne va pas. But you can say, I want to take a shit in French and it'll sound good. Je... I don't know what that means.
0: Je suis une petite costation. I'm a small crab, but it sounds lovely. Like, I say that to a, uh, <laughs> a lady at a club, and like, sparks fly. It's the language of love. I tried Japanese for a few weeks.
1: Impossible. It's not impossible. Here's the
0: problem with Japanese. And they tell you on every beginner's episode one, they're like, stop. Learn how to read and write Japanese before you attempt to learn how to speak it. And I was like, well, fuck those guys. I'm smart. Uh, it's impossible. I think
1: it'd be harder to read. You, and have, write. To,
0: you have to know how to read and write it because everything in Japan in Japanese is about inflection, and there's no tenses and there's no verbs. Like everything is all but, con- no, but no, everything you, is contextual.
1: But if you have somebody speaking wise, but if you have somebody that pronounces something in in Japanese. And then tells you what that means. Isn't that easier than than remembering? No,
0: because all the words are, are formed are based off certain roots, so it's much easier to know the language first, and then you can guess words and be right on them by putting words together. Because there are so many separate, because there are so many words. You know
1: what I mean by that at all? No, because the, the, this is how I see it. If, if if you're in English, if you're reading English, it's a lot
0: easier to learn how the language works than to memorize every word in a language. French, I'm not doing that because I know Spanish and it, and it's similar. It's based on the same language: French, Spanish, and Italian.
1: But it's written the way it sounds. Japanese is not that way.
0: Yes, but it, it but it's it's learning. It, but it, it but it it's not about pronunciation. It's about how words are formed and what words mean. That's why you learn to write Japanese first. I could compete completely off the fucking mark here, which I probably am. <laughs> you know what I mean, though.
1: Not, like, I, I don't Like, did you take the SATs? Of course. You
0: remember the um that section in the verbal where they give you a word and you have to figure out what it means, what it like context clues or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I I got like an, I got a I I got a 1250 on total on my SATs. I got a 800 in verbal. That gives you a hint on how bad I am at math. <laughs> the whole thing with that was and I found it really easy that section if you knew roots like the Latin roots of words, you know, the the, the suffixes and prefixes. Right. You can pretty much guess what the middle of the word was by by applying it so I think that works extremely largely in the Japanese language. If if you know if you know common common things that tie words together, then a new word's not gonna befuddle you. You'll just go, Oh, it's got that ending and that beginning. It has to do with food and time or, you know what I mean by that? Sort of. That's, I think I'm stuck. We went on yeah, a fucking sorry. nerdy tangent. <laughs> you know who I am right now? This is what my parents call uh, a <laughs> professor Matt. I get into these weird lecture things that no one cares about where I wax like should I of them. care. Certain you care. care, thank you, but uh, I get into Professor Matt mode I'm like, "No, shut up! The Egyptians were the first race to invent cuneiform, and they weren't. It was the Phoenicians." That was a test, Jesse,
1: <laughs> and you failed. No, see, see, like I don't remember what I scored on my SAT. I don't remember my my GPA. I don't remember. I failed at high school. Almost. Well, it because I mean, not. I, I mean, uh, I don't entirely. I don't want to brag or anything, but I mean, from the age of like four, I was always told, "Oh, Jesse's so smart. He's oh, yeah, so smart. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be something." So it almost didn't matter to me. Like, I mean, like I didn't study. I just, I, I would listen in class and I, I would know the shit on the test. So I, I that's test. the
0: same exact thing with me. Up until a certain point, I would listen in class and I would do well on the test.
1: I had a major problem that teachers knew
0: about. I refused to do homework. Okay. I couldn't do it.
1: Well, I, did, I did homework.
0: I, see, school was really, going back now and I speak with my parents again, and we discuss like uh, what we would have done differently. I really don't think a traditional school was the right place for me. And I know that might sound like, oh, I'm so different and I'm an outcast or I'm so special, but it just didn't work. Like I I college didn't work, high school didn't work, it was hell. It was it was being in prison every day, every
1: I day. I agree because well see for me it was easy. Like like was, I, I even had a friend. The work was easy for me. Right, right. The right,
0: concept right. that I have to be here and I'm captive was not exactly. easy that, for me. That's what I I'm never got I never accepted that and that's why I cut like the last two years of high school. I would go to school every I day, didn't. my parents would drop me off every morning, uh I would go to, like, my first class because I liked the teacher and my buddies were in there. And then I would cut throughout the day, but I would always cut around the campus. So, like, I would always pop back in into certain points right, to be right. like, hey, what's up, guys? And then run off to the woods again.
1: No, see, I did the same thing. Me, like, and, my, me and my boy Chris, uh, shout out, Chris, uh, we we would drive to school. Listen. Have
0: you told your friends about the show yet? Yeah. Oh, really?
1: He actually... He told me to give him a oh, shout. That's badass. Out. What up,
0: Chris? <laughs> yeah, Jesse told me some shit about you, dude. I don't know if you'd be wanting a shout out from this guy. He's not quite a friend.
1: But no, we would uh, we would drive. We would drive to school, and the school had a security guard, uh, who didn't give a fuck really. We would talk to him for a few minutes, and when when the bell rang for people to be in class, we would leave, and we would go smoke weed. And I, I think he would have failed had I not been there to help him. And it. It, it it upsets me, because if I would have done something different, I mean, if I could go back and change it, I I went to college for a year. Yes, but let
0: me let me ask you a question real quick. Just knowing you, you wanted to be a filmmaker in high school, right? You yes. knew that? So well, if you had gone back and done something different, you would have wanted to UCLA or NYU or one of the major film schools, well, and then got out and been in the same position we're now, so it, fuck it. Right. Well, no, it's it's... It, it's, it's not like you were going to Harvard to major in uh, economics if you'd done well in high because school. Because it didn't interest me. Exactly. Film interest. And that's the other thing. I knew at a very early age that I wanted to create right. my right. life. I wanted to be some sort of an artist. And, th- and that moment, it clicked in my mind. Like, okay, school and high- college doesn't matter.
1: Th- that's how no it was.
0: No one's ever going to look at... no one. If I ever go out to Hollywood, which I wound up doing a few years later, I always thought... No one's going to ask me what college I went to. No one's going to look for a degree. And, sir, I've been here for eight months. Has that question come up yet?
1: No. No. No
0: one's ever asked me once what film school I went to.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, I went to, I graduated film school. I, I dropped went out of, to film school and dropped out. I dropped out of community college. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even in middle school, I, I I tried the hip-hop thing. I was a rapper for a while. In middle school you were? I, I started in middle school. That's as. And that. then I actually made an album after high school. But, uh but yeah I mean movies Like I wanted to be an actor When I was seven And it's just I mean you know I had dreams of coming out of Hollywood Which Hollywood is a fucking uh, A bug zapper You know those things You hang up Outside <laughs> no, And catch yeah, the totally, flies yeah. you, you see the light And you want to go to it But when you get to the light It fucking kills you, you Which know is weird? what Hollywood is I first. never
0: really had much desire To move out of here Like uh, I was always that Like I'm a New Yorker Fuck everyone else Kind of mentality Like why would I leave New York It's the greatest city in the world I still, th- I still think New York is the greatest city in the world, but I got to a point where I was like, "Let's try LA." I like it a lot.
1: Well, it's kind of the place to be for what you want to do. It is, I, I, it is, it is. Okay, this is. This I is get the upset difference. in
0: that regard because like everything is so industry out here. You know what I well, mean? Well, that, that's what
1: I was about to say. I, th- I think. I mean, I've never been to New like, York. Like, what
0: boggles my mind is people <laughs> who live out here and are
1: like dentists or like you work at a blockbuster, but they move from. Can out I say to what state. I was gonna say? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. I've never been in New York, but I, I from what I've seen, I think the difference between Los Angeles and New York is in New York, you can live there, work a regular job, whatever. I think anybody that comes to LA wants to do something in the industry.
0: I've never seen a city in my life so dedicated to one sole exactly. thing. It's, it's it's literally like movie town. Like exactly. they should change the name. It's insane. Uh, everything out here is for the sole purpose of making movies. And I mean, you grow up in other parts of the country and you always know Hollywood, you know, Hollywood's where they make the movies, is where the celebrities so lyric- live, but literally everything in this town is for the purposes of movie making or the entertainment industry.
1: Yeah, uh, dude, you go to the fucking McDonald's and you ask the, the guy taking the order what he wants to do, and he wants to be a fucking actor or a screenwriter. No, yeah, everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody.
0: David Cross has a great uh, bit on the whole thing <laughs> on one of his stand up albums about how uh, you move to Hollywood, right, and there's like, I don't know, a million people here right now. And every single one of them, I'm quoting David Cross, they're all going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Oh, they're sure. They're positive. They were so good in their high school production of Annie and Brigadoon. And they're going to be the next Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And out of those million people, this is the exact David Cross line. Uh, Fourteen. Yeah. you know, 14, 13, Fourteen, if you count the chick who goes on blind date and then poses <laughs> for uh, Playboy. You know what I mean? It's just, and, and then the people who don't make it. This is more Cross. He was my favorite stand-up. After Pryor. Uh, oh really? Yeah, David Cross. No Carlin. David Cross is a fucking genius. Dude. No Lenny Bruce. I don't. I've never heard of Lenny Bruce. No. I've listened. I've listened to him. He's kind of like whiny
1: and effeminate. I can't take it. Red Fox. Nah. Huh. Pryor. Oh yeah, Pryor's number one. No Pryor,
0: doubt. David Cross, uh, Robin Williams. I grew up on.
1: Yeah, Robin. Rob, I was surprised at how good Robin Williams is in stand-up. Oh, he's incredible. Have you heard the old when
0: he was all coked up and
1: shit? He was a bad out of hell, sir. Like his uh-huh. show from the, uh, Still I think it's Radio
0: City. He like climbed up the fucking wall to like get into the balconies. He was insane.
1: <laughs> Wait, there was a movie. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was a movie about a psycho. And I think that, uh, maybe it was The Shining. Maybe it was The, sh- no, because. The Sheening? You <laughs> mean episode two? Who, whoever the director was. I think it was Kubrick. Kubrick, yeah. No, it can't be. Because, all right, whoever the director was said they saw Jack Nicholson in The Shining and said that he wasn't right for his movie because he wasn't psychotic enough. But he saw Robin Williams in Mork and Mindy, and he wasn't right for the movie because he was too psychotic. That's
0: awesome. I, I love that. I don't know who said that. I'm, but I'm, I'm,
1: I wish I could remember. What movie? Maybe, maybe it was Kubrick. Maybe I'm thinking The Shining when Nicholson was cast. But I can't remember who was maybe, not you psychotic. You know, a lot in. of
0: people a lot of people give... Are you a Stephen King fan? I am, huge. Have you read the book, Shining? The Shining, yeah. Uh, myself included I mean The Shining is an amazing fucking film yeah. one of my favorite films but uh, they do change it from the book in the respects I like oh, huge. The, huge. he starts off normal in the book the first time you see Jack Nicholson in the movie I went back and watched it like a month ago literally crazy from the, the, the first <laughs> shot of Jack Nicholson he's fucking batshit yes. insane before they even get to the overlook or whatever when they're
1: driving the hill and when, they're
0: the- just dri- when he's just talking to the guy in the office
1: yeah, <laughs> it's like well, I it's, just
0: need a lot of space to you know. He's like that's just Nicholson's look. I, I guess think. so, man. You know, he wasn't so crazy in a uh, yeah. I mean, he's
1: Well, it was his first role. He was great in that movie. Yeah, yeah. he was great. I love that fucking movie, I, dude. I think Nicholson is a wonderful actor. I mean, people talk about Brando and I never, DeMiro. I never saw the Brando thing. Dude. I mean, I mean, I mean we're well, a Godfather a...
0: fan, so I think most people go with Godfather. I've seen *Streetcar* is good. He was well, on young. the waterfront,
1: he he was good, but I I think. Like, See, I've i seen think Island I Island of Bra- Dr. Moreau and, that. like... Uh, I think the score was the last thing I saw. In what's
0: that. the one with Matthew Broderick?
1: The the freshman. That's awful, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I think the thing about Brando is sort of the same thing we were talking about with Orson Welles. It, it's not that Orson Welles is the greatest director, or that Hitchcock is the greatest director. It's that he's the most influential. Jimmy Moore. What? What? Uh,
0: Jimmy Moore was here for a second. Oh, he, he just left. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to say Jimmy Moore. But time. I think
1: it's the same thing with Brando, as in Brando is not the greatest actor of all time, but he is the most influential. Like, if you if you look... Of at, all time? Of all time, he is the most influential, because think think about it. Before... <laughs> no. Um, yes, yes, yes. Mo- uh, fucking... The silent
0: dude, uh, Rudolph uh, Valent- uh, Valentino. Uh, fucking what about the silent actors? No, 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 no. Douglas Fairbanks, Mary Pickford, the people who started fucking great actors. But what I'm saying is influential in terms of craft or in terms of industry.
1: In terms of how to do it. In terms of craft. <coughs> I mean, like Meisner, when, when did Stella Waterfront Adler, come out? 15? 54? 50, Waterfront came out in the early fifty. Yeah. Uh, before Waterfront, before Streetcar Named Desire. Actors acted in almost a... Well, his first movie was, was uh, The Young One, right? wasn't his or, first. Or, I, I know he uh, or the He mo- tried to get in Rebel Without a Call, so he, he did, But
0: then he had his own motorcycle one, which was The Young One.
1: Right. No, no, The Wild One. The Wild One, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was his first flick, though.
0: Uh No, you're right. I'm on his IMDb. Wild One was... At, uh, it go- First thing he was in was a movie called The Men. Then he did Streetcar, yeah. So Streetcar was like... 51 was
1: streetcar. Waterfront was 54. Right, but he had a stream. like he had. He had it wild- went
0: streetcar, wild one, waterfront, uh, guys and dolls, mutiny on the Bounty. Okay, well those early bedtime 50s bedtime story, and then and then it goes to shit I've never heard. Of.
1: All right during those early 50s, uh, before the early 50s, people actors had an over the top sort of almost theater like yeah. acting. When Brando came in, he took a more realistic approach. And everybody went off of Let me ask Brando you a question, though.
0: Do you think it was a realistic approach, or do you think he was just a thug? Like, Streetcar? Like, I, I feel like he was Stanley Kowalski.
1: Well, it's possible, but it's still... You know what I mean?
0: Like, I, I've seen Streetcar, and though I enjoy the film, and I do appreciate Brando, uh, I, I feel like he's, there's not really much acting going on in there, you know what I mean? It's just him being a fucking goon and, and yelling at people.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's kind of I mean, whether it's him or not, he's not the greatest.
0: Let's get into this real quick. We got we got like, uh, we're we're cruising along yeah, here, yeah. so this shit is easier than we thought it would be. <laughs> uh, let's get into actors who are, are influent, deemed influential that I don't fucking get.
1: All right, okay, influential or Albeit,
0: great. I've only seen The Searchers. Who am I gonna say, John Wayne? I don't fucking get it. I've seen clips of him, and it, it, it literally looks like like a shop teacher is put in a movie. <laughs>
1: Well, no, John Wayne... Is um, it just the swagger and the attitude? Like, s- Sort of. I mean, he's he's the guy's guy. He's, but
0: I'm a guy. He's not the guy. He's not to me. But back then... Fucking Nicholson would be the guy's guy. You know, uh, I got my random guy's guys. Michael Palin, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, but they're I'm talking about
1: hey. the average people that go to movies. Rock Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a uh, Eastwood fan than I am. A See, I'm, John an, Wayne fan.
0: and that's we've spoken about this too. Both of those guys. Uh, I was a Charlie Bronson fan. That's my guys, I like guy. Charlie Bronson, yes. Um, uh, the other fucking guy in, uh, in Death Wish. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, maybe not Death Wish. <laughs> Who's another badass actor? He was in all the westerns. Kind of like a Charlie Bronson. Real fucking tough as nails kind of guy. You
1: gotta tell me a movie. Oh
0: shit, sir! Don't do this to me. No, just name a movie. He I was can't in think in. of
1: one. Henry Fonda was in Once Upon a Time. No,
0: it's not Henry Fonda. It's a. Uh, he was like the, always the toughie.
1: Okay, there's lots of always the toughies. I mean,
0: fuck. Maybe this will have to go to the next one, and I'll think of it. Uh, Death Wish is not a western, by the way. I that's... know Death Wish is not a western. <laughs> he wasn't in. He, I feel like he was in a Bronson movie.
1: Bronson actually didn't do very many westerns.
0: I mean, it's not a western, man. I'm saying the actor who was in this Bronson movie used to be in westerns. He was a badass fucking guy. Oh, oh god damn, the name is on the tip of my tongue. Should we just move off the subject? Yeah, because you're wasting it sweet time, yes. Fuck. Regardless, John Wayne never saw it. Clint Eastwood never saw it.
1: Well, I think... Like... The... John Wayne actually had some acting chops. I mean, in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, uh, True Grit... Uh, the searchers. He
0: only did Civil War, Army, or Western, right? Well, yeah. I mean, mostly. did he ever play like a like a husband, like who had a job, like um, like a regular drama? I can't think of one right
1: off. Where he wore like
0: a, like a, like a sweater. <laughs> I don't did John th- Wayne ever wear a sweater on film?
1: I don't think so. He was typecast. Okay, that, I mean, the Western was his thing. It. Was
0: he really like in the army or something? I know nothing uh, about. Yeah, it. I believe he was. I know nothing about the man except his real name was Marion.
1: See, I didn't even know that.
0: Are you being serious? Yeah. Dude, I'm not. A that's big... the thing. Everyone, knows. yeah, John Wayne's dude, the man's man.
1: His <laughs> name was Marion. You want to hear something? Marion Clark? Wayne, sir. Yeah. My, uh,
0: not related to Marlon Wayne
1: though. My my brother's name is Johnny Wayne Rivers, and he went into the National Guard, and everybody called him the Duke because he was John Wayne. Oh, that's awesome! Just, uh, shout out that. to my brother. Really, that's yeah. the greatest story I've my, ever heard. My, my, dad's <laughs> name, my dad's name is Wallace Wayne Rivers. His name, his middle name, was after my dad. Is that why you named the character in your screenplay, Wallace? I did. Let's not give give that away. My dad is a huge Western fan, and I'm kind of writing it for him. That's awesome. I I, I think so. Uh, I'm, that, I'm gonna let him read. You it. That put like to a like young
0: at heart type <laughs> smile on my face. Back to young at heart,
1: dude. Wow, that was a long time ago. That
0: was a long time ago. That was like twenty thirty. Forever years young. Long time ago. Now it's just devolving into nonsense. Yeah. No, my favorite scene in the film was the forever young. They go to a prison, the old people, and they perform uh, Forever Young for a group of like hardened fucking prisoners and the guys break down and cry and shit and like hug them at the end. Like That got me, man. Dude, there's just so much light. Like, these people all knew they were going to die soon.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost expected.
0: It's expected, and they knew it, and all they cared about was just to have, like this it, was that's, that's this what, is what, what they I loved. loved. This is what they wanted exactly. to do. This is what they loved. Like people were on their deathbed saying, "I want to practice fucking Radiohead tomorrow."
1: Right? Because I mean, you look at most retired. You know, I want to I want to do uh,
0: I want I want to go practice my song for the thing. Yeah.
1: But it it gives them something to they, to they live for to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. So they they're not sitting at home thinking, "Well, you know, the cancer is coming."
0: Or thinking, who was that actor that was a badass like Charlie Bronson? (laughs) It's gonna fucking kill me. I'm gonna call you thirty times today, dude.
1: No, just call me once whenever you figure (laughs) out.
0: Uh, Yeah, I will never think of it. But Young and Hard, I I don't think it can be an award contention because it showed on BBC.
1: Well, I mean, I remember that being an issue with the documentary. Even if it even if it was, you know, in contention. I don't I don't even think it would be nominated for an Oscar. Really? Yeah. Like I say, you know, the movie is not very so Yeah, well the story made. is so powerful that it makes you it
0: feel is. like the movie but the movie is powerful because you know because movies the are the stories right, right, inside right. them, so movies are the stories that live <laughs> inside them. But like Charlie Kaufman now. Speaking of which, have you seen the trailer for Cinadoch?
1: How do you say it? I think it's Cinedoki. Cinodoche Synoduch in Synoduch. New York. Do you see the trailer? Yes. Fucking amazing! I, I love it, dude. it's Incredible! I, I was worried because I mean, Kaufman is my favorite writer, which I'm sure he's a lot of people's favorite screenwriter. It's
0: your favorite screenwriter? Yeah, I'd be hard pressed to think of mine.
1: Wow. I mean, that that doesn't usually direct. I like Helbigand H- H- Helgeland
0: Brian Helgeland.
1: L.A. Confidential. Yeah, and A dude, night, and the Night's Tale. The, the new, I like
0: Christopher Macquarie. The new
1: uh, the new like L.A. Char- Confidential. I like Charlie Kaufman. The new L.A. Confidential DVD. Yeah. The special edition. I just found out that it's got the uh, the failed pilot for the TV show. Was there a TV show? Kiefer Sutherland played the uh, Russell Crowe character, I think. Oh, wow. I didn't know in that. In the TV show. I didn't know that. But there wasn't a TV show because they didn't pick it up. But... Speaking
0: of LA Confidential, uh, the other day I had a meeting uh, you know where. Yeah. Uh, and... Did you see the house? Yes. Yes. That's what I was trying yes. to tell you. Uh, I had a meeting uh, in an indiscriminate spot in the hills of Hollywood, and I was like, I'm not gonna uh, make my three point turn here. I'm gonna drive up a little bit and you saw and dead the end. Yes. to the white fucking Flirtily yes, yes, yes. House from L.A. Confidential. I was like, that shit's pimp. I didn't even know, you know I was I, gonna I, be I there. I parked
1: and just stared. And at
0: you it. knew it was there.
1: Yeah, the the stunt guy that I went on the ride with that time to pick up something. He, yeah, he showed me. Zoe Bell. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's that stunt guy. <laughs> he showed so. you. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just, like, I just randomly
0: shit. came across it, dude. It was no, awesome. The, the
1: L.A. Confidential. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie. But I think if I could watch any movie over and over and over, LA Confidence would be right on the fucking top. Days and Confused. We're just gonna keep. Yeah, see, going I can watch that over then.
0: and over. By the way, because I am so fucking obsessed with who this actor is now, <laughs> I will leave like a four-second space open at the end of this bagged and Boarded. Yes. And when I think of it, I will just come on and record the name. <laughs> so the last thing you folks will be hearing is that gentleman's name.
1: Well, let me ask you this: Has he because been in a lot? Can't wait
0: a week. Yes, he's dead. And you can't think of one movie. No. He's dead. He was like the coolest, most badass fucking, like, uh, name those guys. What guys? Like those kind of guys in your mind. Who do you go for, for iconic badass? You said already Eastwood. Eastwood, yeah. Uh, uh, John Wayne, Charlie Bronson, who else? So is it a Western guy? He's in a lot of shit. Just keep going. Name your bi- badass guys. Who like you, the, the
1: guys. Like guys, I, go the with, I go
0: with the Statham.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's new. Yeah,
0: but I'm just saying overall, like who are your favorites? We're not just trying we're not doing this for the purpose of minding the guy, we're doing this for conversation. Because people are undoubtedly fucking bored <laughs> by now. So they who, probably are with Who are your it. who are your favorite men's men? Like no Alan Moore this week, folks, sorry. No. Uh. but we do have a guest appearance by Hey, everyone, it's
1: me. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll,
0: super friends, it's me, Stan Lee. I'll tell you, you sound nothing like Stan Lee. I know. That I'll, was his cousin, Jerry Lee.
1: I'll tell you this. Uh, you may not consider Lewis. him a man's man, but back in his heyday, I i, I would—I I mean, I couldn't have been a huge fan because I wasn't alive. But now I'm a huge fan of him back in his heyday. Lee Marvin, Lee Marvin. Motherfuckers. He was... Yeah, he was in a... Uh, Lee Marvin, he man. He was in the Man Shot. Lee the motherfucking
0: Marvin. I didn't even have to... I'm, we're going to use that four seconds at the end. It was Lee Marvin, dude. Dirty
1: Dozen. Lee dirty Marvin dozen. was badass. He was. That was the name. But Would you have ever thought of that? No. Not off of what you were telling me. What were you thinking? I don't know, but I was going to say Paul Newman. Paul Newman actually used to be a real... Mm. I mean, the cool hand Luke, See, Hud. Yeah. I like Robert Redford more. Nah, Paul Newman. Who was an easy rider? Redford. Neither one was an easy rider. Wait, who's the guy? An easy Easy rider? Riders? Peter ah, Peter Fonda. Fonda. Excuse me. Wow. Yes. Wow. But Newman and Redford were in the Sting and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid.
0: Yeah. Peter Fonda's a
1: badass. <clears throat> really? Okay. Let's do. Yeah,
0: we have time for this. I have a weird thing, and we've gotten into this before. And this is like, I this is anyone who says I'm not a movie buff now will totally turn against me. Uh, I don't like movies. From certain time periods. Example. I like movies from Easy Rider on until about 1983, and then it stops till about 1994. I don't like any movies made. I mean, there are excuse me, wow, there are exception, there are exceptions, <laughs> well, yeah, there fact. are hundreds of exceptions to the rules. But in general, like the 80s and like the 50s and the early 60s were the dead zone of movies for me.
1: I'd say the late fifties were pretty. dead. Hays
0: Code. That's what it comes down to. Easy Rider was one of the first films that wasn't subjected to right, Hays right. Code.
1: Well, I think I think with the eighties, like the late eighties, it got so into let's just have fun, let's just shoot a movie because that's when everybody kind of. And got some of those mood. worked,
0: you know. You have your uh, Fast Times, your Bill and Ted's, well, no, I mean, Back even, to the even Futures.
1: even the stupid movies that I grew up on. I mean, I still have an affinity for. I mean, like like Cobra was a horrible fucking movie, but I love is. it. Wait, Sylvester Stallone. He's the cop never heard of with it. the snake on his gun. What? Yeah. Oh, like a real snake? No, it's a cobra. On like, like a in, picture in the, of a cobra in the handle of the oh, gun.
0: yes. I, I, I pictured Stallone clutching a gun with the snake wrapped around, coiled no, around but it.
1: The funny thing is, I mean, co- cobra never is a horrible, it's a horrible. You gotta see it. it. It'll, you'll laugh at just how bad it is and how he talks. And shit. I don't want to do that. He's always got a toothpick. I want to watch a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, he's always got a toothpick. I'm in. He, he, wait a minute, you didn't tell me that before. He actually turned got an down, entire
0: section of DVDs that contain toothpick. He
1: turned down the lead role in Beverly Hills Cop to do Cobra. So you Beverly Hills? Hills.
0: No, wait a minute. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, he was supposed to be in Beverly he Hills Cop. Be, actually, Foley was going to be a white guy.
1: Sylvester so Stallone was supposed to be Beverly Hills Cop. And he turned it down for Cobra. Thank fucking god. But I I just thought of uh, I thought of it and then. Uh, <laughs> No, you remember a while back when I was saying the Kubrick, talking about the... Yeah, McCoy yeah, guy? Dude. Okay, it wasn't Kubrick. The director was James Cameron.
0: Okay, what film was
1: it for? <laughs> Wait, I... We'll get back to you on the next podcast. I'm confused. No, I'm, I'm talking about the wrong thing. Okay, here we go. This is wow. What <laughs> this is what I'm thinking of. Um, if we have, still have any
0: listeners, I love you folks. No, 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 Write no. your names in the comment section. This, this is another out. funny... Not you want to shout thing, out? But, what was that dude's name? Uh, Chris... No, it wasn't no the guy on the on the uh, message board.
1: Damn, I don't remember. It, Travis was it? Travis Kyle. Wait, the guy on the message board is going give a shout out. This is a shout did, out did, to your, you. Here's
0: your shout out to the <laughs> listeners. All right, uh, look, okay. th-
1: this is another funny non-casting thing. Okay, when James Cameron was casting Terminator. The first choice for Terminator. Let me was, guess. Let me guess. Abe Vigoda. No. Okay. The first choice for Terminator was Lance Henriksen. Really? Yes, but he didn't get it when they saw Arnold Schwarzenegger. Another choice for Terminator was O.J. Simpson.
0: Wait a minute, let's go back to Lance, who
1: should be in every movie ever. He was in Terminator, but he wasn't the Terminator.
0: Who oh, was he in Terminator?
1: He was one of oh, the he cops. Was one of the cops. Yeah. yeah. But you know he worked with James Cameron in Aliens. I know. So I guess aliens. they were like friends. So Aliens. Aliens. The yeah, sequel. Bishop was an alien. Bishop wasn't in the first. Ridley really, Scott Ash did the first. Was The robot.
0: Ian Holm was the robot of yeah, the first yeah. one.
1: Like, right. And his head exploded. But uh, O.J. Simpson was considered for Terminator. And yeah, that was right. Excuse the me reason... for a second.
0: Tyler on the... Tyler! Uh, Tyler on the quick stop, uh, begging word feedback. Here's your shout out. Keep <laughs> listening and tell your friends.
1: All right, go ahead. If if you were casting the Terminator in 1984 yeah. and somebody came to you with O.J. Simpson, what would be your reason not to cast O.J. Simpson?
0: Because he's never acted before?
1: Well, other than that... why well,
0: 'Cause he was gonna kill
1: someone in fourteen years. The reason that they did not cast OJ Simpson? He was too scary. That, no. He did not seem like the kind of guy that would be a cold blooded killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were right because the jury found him innocent of his crime,
0: so He's on trial again, you know that? I know, I know. You know what my mom told me? My mom, I keep going back to my it's like Happy Parents <laughs> Day on Magnum Morden. I have no parents, it's all I. I was raised by Wolf Cubs and my name is Mowgli. Uh <laughs> My mom, my wolf Cup mother, was like, "Have you been watching the OJ trial?" And I was like, sh- I, sh- "I was like, I passed by that on court TV, and I shit you not, I thought they it were doing reruns. <laughs> I was like, they're rerunning the old one. And he stole like trophies or something. He yeah, up for Vegas. kidnapping, yeah.
1: and, and whatnot. I don't really know what that is. Johnny Cock? Car- no, Johnny Cock Car- was dead. Right arm. Hey, uh, wow. What? What are we wowing about?
0: We have a friend. We have our first real bagged and friend, and we're gonna give like the real friend shoutouts on the on the uh, on the show.
1: Okay, who, who's I, our real friend?
0: Our new friend is Jim Vincent, who at uh, 216 said, uh, "I tried but couldn't finish this episode." This is in regards to Ben and Mortar uh, <laughs> too. I barely made it through the first episode, but this one was just too much. Parentheses of nothing. <laughs> I wasn't offended by any of the content other than the lame jokes. I just couldn't take your voice anymore. Dot 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 Matt. Damn. Well, Jim Vincent, here's a message for. No, no, no. Why not? We give love on this show. Jim Vincent, I want to passionately make out with the corpse (laughs) of your mother. You're a fucking. Make your own podcast, dick. No, why are we doing this? No, there's no reason. We shouldn't be offended. I'm I'm not offended. Here's what I find funny. And don't listen to it. Don't listen to it and don't post a comment on the board that's all positive comments. It's okay because you know what I have listened to the Jim Vincent cast and you know what it's about. <laughs> my little ponies. The guy loves them. That's all he does in life. He collects. He's Jim Vincent is the world's biggest collector of My Little Ponies, world's second biggest collector of Barbies, and the <laughs> world's third runner up in douche of the year contest.
1: You think he'll let us be a guest on his show? I think I want him to be a guest on our <laughs> fucking show. Now. Let's call him Jim
0: shit. Vincent. If you are, if you seriously hear this,
1: well, he won't make it this far.
0: If you make, <laughs> if my voice doesn't <laughs> send you <laughs> running for Z <laughs> heels. Uh send us an email at uh bagboarded at gmail dot com and I shit you not, dude. You please we will have you on the next bagged and boarded. You can call in Skype and tell us why we suck. No, he can bring better jokes. No 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 no. I wanna hear why we suck because I wanna make changes.
1: Well, your voice chit, chit, chit. Your voice
0: and my lame jokes. What if I talk like <laughs> this? What if we, what if I what if I do my Jesse <laughs> impression the entire show Do it. and it's bagged and bagged. J- bagged and bagged? Yeah. What hey everybody, this is Matt Cohen.
1: No, is it, this is Jesse Rivers. No, oh. Hey everybody, this is Matt
0: Cohen. Is that you doing me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. What's up, What's up, guys? This is Jesse Rivers. I was reading this message board. I saw Jim Vincent make a post.
1: Wait, wait, let me cut you off, since that's all I do.
0: <laughs> I talk Southern?
1: No, I, I'm not you very good do, at even... You can't do non-Southern, <laughs> can you? I can't.
0: So, Jim Vincent, I don't forget where Jim I Jim Vincent, from. If, uh, it's, if you are listening, please uh, give us an email. and Please do.
1: You will be the first guest. I'm bagged and boarded. I like you're in school and just give us a 500 word essay on how we can improve the show. In fact, because I am such a fan of Jim Vincent's, <laughs> I will be taking that last sentence and putting it as the
0: official blurb on <laughs> iTunes. I wasn't offended by any of the content. I just couldn't take your voice anymore.
1: <laughs> dot, dot, dot. But no, I'm, I'm curious as to, he said he couldn't get through the first one, right? Yeah. Like, why, why would he even try the second one? because
0: the guy loves pain you don't know about Jim Vincent he's a masochist he's the big I told you third runner up in douching <laughs> uh, first biggest mild pony collector fifth biggest masochist in the state of Massachusetts is he from Massachusetts he's a masochist in Massachusetts <laughs> no
1: <Nah>, it's just <laughs> probably not I okay mean, we've wasted five minutes talking about Mr. Vincent let's, uh, let's... you want to know the real thing
0: I think Jim Vincent is an alias for Kevin Smith
1: and, uh, <laughs> and
0: if that's the case uh, I'm sorry sir
1: He's gonna knock us off of his site. He doesn't listen to this shit. i he's sure got more important right. things to
0: do. Of course. Like promote Zack and Mary, which comes out in October 31st and looks pretty fucking hilarious. It does the reviews have been rolling in?
1: Craig Robinson looks
0: great. In it. Should we uh, let's stop for a minute? This is stop. this is a real life podcast. We of stop. Course. We start. Should I get pissed off at that? Like I didn't know that it. that wasn't planned at all. Like I just I was looking for that kid, okay, Tyler, who's now an awesome fucking motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, and me, I no, happened upon this. This is our first negative criticism, and I've never, exactly. de- I've never so, dealt with that in my life. So let me ask you this. Let's how do mean, this how, for a few minutes, yeah.
1: How many responses do we have about on episode two? I know we had like almost 20 No. on episode one. episode one was 18. Episode two's been up for a day. We have seven responses. Okay, so 25 so far. Okay. And mostly they've been... They've been all positive. They've been praising us, right? Every single one. Okay, so if you were to make a movie, and you were to get 90% on Rotten Tomatoes... Are you telling
0: me I am I am fucking uh, Bob Altman like I am that good of a filmmaker
1: well no I'm, I'm saying hypothetically hypothetically Bob I, Altman gets like a tw- I, 24 I, and 1 you know hypothetically except
0: for the last one what was it Prairie Home Companion eh
1: it was alright mm. eh. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were to get 19 out of 20 good reviews for whether a movie you made an album you put out a comic book you written but that one was horribly bad would that bother you no. Well, Plus, dude, well,
0: you shouldn't be offended because... I'm not offended at all. Because, <laughs> well, well, A, there's that, and B, it's just my apparently my voice.
1: Well, the lame jokes. You know what? I'm not oh, a Oh,
0: dude, you know what I just realized what Jim Vinson stands for? Dude. Jew. Veheminator. And which ve- <laughs> we all know,
1: vehemently means, like, angrily. So you think he's vindictive toward Jews?
0: Yes, he's the Jew
1: vindictor. So technically, he's the racist one. Wow back on race again. Things just got
0: real on Bagged and (laughs) Bordy. So that that was, uh, did you notice no commercial this week either? No commercial. Because apparently my voice is too grating, so we wanted to give you a little bit more of it.
1: He doesn't enjoy the voice, the sexy tone of the world's greatest lover.
0: You know what? I honestly am not a huge fan. Like, I know my voice is a bit... I hate your voice. Well.
1: If if you had any other Are you Jim Vincent?
0: (laughs) I'm... Jesse, are you the world's biggest My Little Pony collector?
1: <laughs> I did it just so My we have My Little to talk Pony about. was that how it went? I never watched My Little Pony. My Little Pony—that's the theme
0: song of a kid, some kids' show. I don't know. Have you ever listened to another podcast besides Smogcaster and like the other Snidecast and and Captain Fever? Or the N- other nothing off of Quickstop, no. Really? I have nothing ever fucking happens. Kind of like this episode. Kind of like this episode, but kind of like he's he saying. But this one was just too much. <laughs>
1: Wait, parentheses, of nothing. Yeah, well, okay. Well, maybe we should email Mr. Jim Vincent and explain to him... No, that... no, he's going to
0: email us. We can have him as a guest. You know what we'll do next time is we'll bring in the dancing girls and the elephants like okay. we planned. We'll do the skydiving section of the show to make things exciting for the people who think there's too much of nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'll be tattooing my labia. First, I'll be getting a labia surgically implanted really? to my forehead. Can I be there for that? You're going to be the one Surgically implanting uh, I, will, I hope I'll, you brush up On your Doogie house do This a good weekend job. I believe it was uh, Season 3 episode 13 Where Doogie did the uh, labiaplasty.
1: So Okay I'll, I'll get the DVD If you want to check
0: From the bag and boarded uh, DVD room Will do
1: Manor It's a separate house really I was Okay Last week We're going to go a few minutes long Because we're all pissed Go Last week we talked about uh, uh, Crossovers and events And comics and shit Yeah And you let me borrow The Amalgam books Yes Did you love them I actually didn't read the Amalgam books, uh, but I read DC vs. Marvel, which was, I'm not going to say it was horribly written, but it wasn't greatly Ron written. Ron Mars ain't great,
0: but when I was like, what was that, like nine, I was like, holy shit, Spider-Man knows Superman. Right. Like, they're friends.
1: But, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm All I ever
0: wanted was people from random, like, you know the biggest moment of my childhood was Earth? when Bugs Bunny and Roger Rabbit appeared on <laughs> screen at the same time. And, 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 Roger excuse Rabbit? Excuse me. I, I fucked that up. Daffy Duck and no, Donald Duck. Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Appeared on, there was Warner Brothers, Disney, like, coercion in Roger Rabbit. They were skydiving, right? Yeah, they were skydiving. Yeah, yeah. But even at the end of the movie, the small, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's there, dude. Mm. And that was like an, an orgy of fun for me as a kid. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Because as far as I knew, it was weird. At a very young age, I was aware of Disney and Warner Brothers and Marvel and DC. Because I, I used to have these things called, my, I called them my friends in the case boxes and I was like up to like six and they were basically um, little plastic the figures little right, like right, right. the rubber figures yeah, yeah. you know what they used to make back oh, in the day the little day? wires in them no the hard ones that didn't move like like the pl- hard plastic figurines do I have any kind of like the vinyl toys but okay regardless I, I used to have like I had hundreds I had cases and cases and cases full of these figures from it everything from gremlins to fucking superheroes to every movie that came out like mcdonald's toys they were just little toys all right, right i used to organize them on my uh, my shelf and at like the age of 5 i would separate warner <laughs> brothers i would separate looney tunes disney marvel i would separate by franchises i was always franchise aware for some reason so whenever there was a crossover like dc marvel or it or roger head. rabbit it didn't fuck with my head it was like the gates of paradise opening <laughs> up i was like they can mingle for once we can all get we we can get along. We we can get along. We can we can, we can get along.
1: Me, you and Jim Vincent can get along. You wanna know the truth? You're Jim Vincent. No. What's the truth?
0: I love you. I love you. In a in, in a podcast hosty kinda of way, in of a co host way.
1: Purely platonic. Purely
0: purely plutotonic. <laughs> the finest drink for yellow dogs. And on that note I think you think we call it?
1: I think that's it for this
0: week. You think we call it though? Call I'm it. A- Call it. It's been real. Here's to swimming with bow women. women. Matt Cohen. Jesse Rivers. It's been back and and it's been real. What?